a vision. And I'm trying to keep that in check. That our path to wellness will become a community of kind and curious friends, learning to become whole, expanding into flow, learning how our minds work, becoming kinder, happier, and more joyful humans. Ideally, as we gain insights on this path, will ease our own suffering and help to ease the suffering of those around us. This path is about the journey, not the destination. Full disclosure, we are not professionals. We plan to be real, make mistakes, learn, and have some fun. So join us. We invite you to hang out, expand the lens of your perspective. So take a deep breath, grab your surfboard, hiking boots, some trail mix, agua, a book, guitar, compass, a spark. Uh, we don't really need all those things. Uh, you're probably right. <laughs> Join us on our Path That's to Wellness. So Dan, that was fun and all, but uh, what are we actually going to do with this podcast? Like, what are we going to talk about? I don't know, dude. I have no idea. What? This was your This was your idea. No, dude, dude this you was your idea. This. I, I you agreed to this idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here's some ideas, man. You know, what I'm thinking is that we're going to continue to talk about things that are real to us. We're going to talk about meditation. We're going to talk about recovery. We're going to talk about wellness and life getting better each and every week. We're going to bring in new concepts about meditation. We're going to lead new meditations and we're going to, we're going to consult with our friends. We're going to ask some questions. We're going to bring in some guests. We're going to talk about how we continue to go down this path of wellness. Should we just talk about that? I mean, that is actually making me feel a little bit better. Maybe we do have a podcast here after all. Well, at least we've got a second episode. All right. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Path to Wellness Radio Podcast Theater. Theater. Hey, you got it back. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, I might have to get a new pedal, like maybe a phaser or some kind of, you know, neat uh, uh, flanger pedal to go with this fancy echo because I just love it. I, I tell you what, you're actually, you're above my pay grade as far as my musical knowledge now at this point. An echo and a whammy bar, that's about it. Or maybe a wah-wah pedal or something <laughs> or a talk box. I don't know. But last week was, uh, was a lot of fun. Episode four, I mean, I really, really enjoyed that episode. And we cued you guys in at the end that we were having so much fun and we had so much information packed in that it ended up being like a two hour episode. So this week we're going, we, we cut it and we're going to do the second half of episode four and we're going to call it episode five on equanimity. I mean, I feel like we put the work in last week that that we deserve this little bit of a break, even though with the amount of producing that it actually takes, it, it probably won't seem like much of a break. But I am really happy with the content that we have coming and the content that we were able to get out last week. And it felt pretty clean, but feel free to give us some feedback. If you would have just preferred the whole two hours, which Dan was pushing for as a side note, he's on your team. If you're one of those people, <laughs> there was pros and cons to both. You know, it was the continuity of it was really clear that the two topics connected really, really well. But I also think that they stand alone as well. And, and we got an extra meditation in there. Kind of like, uh, you know, you got two corn stalks for the price of one. Okay. Yep. That's exactly what it's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, that was our disclaimer. So let's, uh, let's jump into some mindful breathing before we, uh, we get into our mindfulness minutes and recap. 
Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. You know, I'm feeling a little bit wound up from the echo pedal and it gets me bouncing all over the place. Let's take a few deep breaths. Begin to just come into contact with the steadiness that we find in our mindfulness meditation practice. So just taking a few deep breaths. It can be with your eyes closed if you're in a safe and secure environment, or it can be with your eyes opened. The goal is just to begin to let go of the thinking mode a little bit, come into your body. Maybe you feel your something in your hands, or you're standing or walking, just paying attention to those sensations as you take a few deep, mindful breaths. As you feel your body begin to steady, let's together set the intention that over the next hour here, together, we're just going to stay really unitasked, just focused in on what's coming up for us during this meditation, during this opportunity to discuss and contemplate. I'm definitely feeling a little bit more centered now. I am feeling grounded. I took my shoes off, so I'm touching the floor with my feet and everything. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, that, that probably leads us right into uh, the the newly, freshly minted Mindful Minutes. Going right into the main topic of discussion last week was craving and wanting, which I so appropriately and aptly named course number 102 in our Path to Wellness catalog, course catalog, that is. We're still waiting and, on that course catalog to come out, I think, right? Yeah, it's not out yet. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just don't, only so many hours in the day. That's true. And I can't bring, I can't bring myself to use part of that to make a fake course catalog just yet. <laughs> um, and, you know, we discussed craving and wanting touched upon at least in my head three major things one of those being the pushing and pulling mental state or 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 thinking mode that that take, can take us out of our our present moment you you have to be able to, to put better words to that than i can well i think that you know the the one thing that we really kind of wanted to hit home with is that craving shows up it's like a, a spectrum you know, it can be a big boulder on one end of maybe you're dealing with substance or sense pleasures or just a really heavy habit that's creating really strong cravings that are difficult to deal with. And then on the other end, it could be smaller pebbles of, you know, thinking or likes on Facebook, needing praise, all these different self-referential pieces. And there's all sorts of different nuances in between there. And so the goal is, is that if we can start to pay attention to them, if we can start to bring some mindful attention to these loops we can begin to see them clearly and we can begin to let go of them. And that's, you know, really the essence of that episode was to say, Hey, craving shows up in a lot of different ways. And, you know, just because you're, you're not having a serious problem with a substance or a sense pleasure or some kind of really strong behavior 
doesn't mean that you don't have craving in your life. And maybe just because you've gotten that big thing under control doesn't mean that you don't have a lot of other opportunities to practice paying attention, practice bringing some awareness so that you can reset the reward values around these habits and begin to feel more at ease to begin to become more steady and have more balance. And instead of thinking about it and a proliferation of thoughts, we begin to sense it and feel it in our embodied experience. Once we are able to identify, acknowledge, investigate um, craving, I think that one thing that we, we touched on that I, I always really, I just like the thought process of it and I love seeing it in action is that it really starts to take a, power away from that it starts to dissipate when you start to to recognize those loops they doesn't mean that they they necessarily are stopped right away or you have the ability to necessarily control them right away but the power starts to dissipate as soon as you start to recognize them and and it it allows you to see it happening as it occurs as opposed to just reacting yeah, totally. I mean, I think that, that the common idea that under knowing that there's a problem that exists, is the first step to solving it. When you can start to see it now, instead of it just happening behind the scenes on autopilot, now you're starting to really pay attention to it and you're starting to gather some data and you're starting to say, huh, the first chip may have tasted okay, but 32 chips later, it doesn't really taste that much better. And wow, it doesn't really feel all that good in my stomach. And man, now you're gathering some real visceral data around these things. And it could, like I said, doesn't have to be eating, doesn't have to be intoxicants. It can be anything. But when you bring that attention, like you said, moment you start paying attention to it, we talked about, you know, uh, in Dr. Judson Brewer's method, you know, first gears, paying attention to it. Second gear being that, you know, now that I'm paying attention, let me gather some data and, and this starts to build that disenchantment piece to where like, oh, I wasn't paying attention a minute ago, but this is horrible. It doesn't taste that good. It doesn't feel that good. And then we can shift into that third gear by letting go of it and, and being able to have that freedom of choice. And once again, that, that thinking mode and embodied mode really helps, which kind of is where you were headed, that I think, is that now we have the ability to respond instead of just habitually react with this thing that's happening behind the scene. Absolutely. That's, that's where I was going with that. But just go ahead and wrap it up. And we're going to let the, uh, you know, dive right into the topic of equanimity, you guys, on the backside of this episode. When we're talking about, you know, respond versus reaction, one of the, the things that, that help us to do that is a quality, it's a big word, I don't know if I'll pronounce it right, equanimity. equanimity. I think you got it. So equanimity is defined as mental calmness, composure, Evenness of temper, especially in difficult situations. You know, when I first kind of start thinking about equanimity as far as like balance, you know, and this reactivity kind of thing, I think of a ship out on the ocean. And a tiny boat out on the ocean, when the waves get rough and they're bouncing you all around and the wind's blowing really hard and you're just banging that boat all over the place, that's what it's like to kind of deal with life and all these cravings and all these things in life when you don't have any equanimity. 
But you take a bigger boat that has a really solid ballast that's pulling it down, a big keel that holds it in place. And as it starts to drive through those waves, it's not that it's not going through the waves, but it's more stable and it's more you know steady as it's going through and the wave, it rides up it and it goes back down it and it may bounce off a little bit of the wind and it's moving through there, but it's stable and it's steady and it can stay on course. That is, you know, to me, an example of the quality of equanimity that starts to grow just simply as you begin to pay attention to your breath, as you begin to develop some concentration, it just begins to grow within your experience. And, you know, it's not, it's not a a cold kind of aloofness, a dry neutrality, but it's really more of a warmth a warmth of being, this presence, the stability that, that exists out there. You know, it gives you the ability to look over things without being so reactive to them. And a, a really good analogy that I heard that I thought kind of made me smile was to think of a grandmother. And, you know, you've got a young mother there with her child, and she might be a little bit more reactive to each thing that happens, each cry and everything that's going on to where she's starting to get more frazzled. And then you kind of see this grandmother sitting there with all her years of wisdom and having been through it, able to see the bigger picture with more clarity, with more wisdom to where she's calmer. And she says, oh, this is going to be that's going to be all right. He's going to get right back up from that. This is just fine, honey. Don't worry about it. Once again, I think that's another good example of equanimity beginning to develop in our lives. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I really like the boat analogy with, you know, as as you go down your path to wellness, your boat grows bigger and your ballast or your keel gets bigger, allowing you to take on more and more difficult tasks without so much of a movement. You're still you're still able to understand and feel, you know, things are are occurring and you're addressing them, but you it doesn't impact you the same way and I think that that's demonstrated by the the grandmother and you know as you're as you're telling me this and I I just I like to see the way that these pieces fit. Equanimity is an example of impermanence playing itself out in our lives. You know, I think one of the things that's beautiful about equanimity to me is that it's really about sitting in the middle. And and I think that it allows you to, you know, really embody your life with more clarity, almost like deeper pixels and deeper colors, because you're not pulled so much one way or the other to worry about these things and freak out and spin out into thoughts because you're just there and you're stable and you're steady. And so you can really experience that present moment in a much fuller way because you're stable, sitting right in the middle of it all. Not aloof, but you're just stable. You're more present than someone who's you know reactive and all over the place and get blown about by the winds of life. You know, they're, they're, you're, you got that stability piece that allows you to sit in the middle in a very beautiful way. Yeah, no, that makes... That makes uh, a lot of sense. The eight worldly winds or the eight vicissitudes, before we even get into them, what are we talking about? Obviously, the path of mindfulness arises from, you know, what the Buddha was thinking about 2,600 years ago. And he left us all the, these really simple lists. And so the, the eight worldly winds are basically the things that are blowing us about in our lives. And, you know, I think that they're, they're great to contemplate because we can start to kind of get a feel for where we're at 
um, where our equanimity is lying by how much we're pulled about by them all. I think that uh, you and I had a very real world experience with that uh, today. And, you know, maybe when we get to uh, uh, that, that particular one, we'll bring it up about being able to sit in the middle of those two and not be so reactive as we kind of go through these worldly winds or the uh, vicissitudes as uh, you pronounced. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I pronounced it right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right into them. So there are four um, pairs of the eight worldly winds. And uh, the first pair is praise and blame. Uh, tell me about these two winds. You know, obviously, with all of these, we'll find both sides of the spectrum. I think the, you, the the initial thought is that, okay, praise feels great, so it's good. I want more of that. Blame doesn't feel so good, so I want to push that away. This particular exercise will help us to kind of wrap in equanimity, which allows us to kind of sit in the middle. When we get praise, we're not like just jumping, running over there. Oh, yes, praise me some more. You know, you know, let, let, you know I, this feels good. I want more and more of this. Or you see the praise coming so you're running towards it or you even do things in your life to try to manufacture the praise so people look at you that's the that's the kind of thing that we want to avoid because you're not going to get praise all the time and so if you need praise to feel good you're going to experience a lot of suffering right and it's not to say that you know hey when somebody says hey good job and that feels good it's okay to take a sip of that it's okay to let it kind of come through your life and say okay that's that's good. I did a good job. Thank you. But you got to let it go. You can't be anticipating it. You can't be setting these expectations that you need it. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of suffering around it. And that's kind of the, you know, the ways that we start to con- contemplate that, that praise is good. Sure, it feels good. It feels pleasant. But when we don't get it, it feels unpleasant. And that's not so good. So we want to be able to kind of just sit in the center, not needing it, not craving it. But when it comes to be able to just take a sip of it and say, okay, that's good and then let it go. You know, blame's the same way. You know, it doesn't feel great. But if we spend all our life trying to avert blame, hide from it, run from it, create ways not to have to deal with the blame or the things that we've done wrong, well, then that's not going to be a very good way. It's going to come. And so we have to be, you know, once again, that equanimity gives us the ability to kind of be braced for it. Okay, here it comes. Not Maybe it doesn't feel good. I don't really like it, but I can feel it. I can allow it to wash through my existence and then I can let it go and I can move on to the next thing. So once again, that equanimity gives us the ability to be stable, not so blown about by the winds of life. Yeah. And I think that one um, really great real world example of at least the, the praise seeking, if you will, would be social media. In general, you post something to social media and you're hoping to see all the likes and the, and the good reactions and anybody that doesn't don't uh, react the way that you anticipate them to, you know, you start to blame them or, or shift something there. And it's just, you know, social media is just one of those, one of those areas that I feel like I have to be really careful of, at least if I'm, if I'm taking into account this, this pair of, of worldly wins. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, it's great that you bring it up because I mean it, it's it's a it's a great example of the fact that they have us figured out. They understand this intermittent reinforcement of behaviors really well. It's like you know the reason people sit at those slot machines and gamble is because you know they just keep pulling and pulling and pulling. They don't ever know when it's going to hit, and then all of a sudden it hits. It's really exciting. If you knew every time that it was going to hit, it wouldn't be all that exciting. It wouldn't be nearly as much fun. And that's the same thing with this whole social media game is like, you know, you don't know how many likes you're going to get. You sit there, you know, waiting to see how many times people are going to like your picture or your tweet or your thought. And then you get excited each time it happens. But the flip side of it is, is that, you know, if you don't get the praise that you're looking for, then you, you know, you feel bad. And this is, you know, not only equanimity, but this probably even delves more into the, you know, craving piece and that habit loop cycle that we were talking about earlier, you know, to be able to, to look at that and say, okay, um, maybe a little bit of this is good, but this is something that I really need to be careful of because it will, you know, suck my time away and it will definitely, you know, a lot get you caught in a loop of seeking praise, you know? So I'm really glad that you brought that up. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's probably its own show. <laughs> Social media and the cravings. That would be uh, 201 of our craving uh, uh, um, discussions. But, but it's also a great thing to think about here as well. You know, because you can really feel it in that instant. And, some, and we're probably all guilty of of this, or I shouldn't say guilty, but we all experience this in one way or another. And now maybe you can pay a little more attention to it. Absolutely. All right, so uh, pair number two is success and failure. Boy, did we ever get a taste of this one earlier today. So, you know, we, we started recording this very episode and, um, you know, got all the way through it, uh, you know, probably an hour and 15 minutes. And it was really, it was great material. We had a ton of fun doing it. So we were feeling some success at that moment. And then all of a sudden we looked at each other and realized that there was no recording. And I just actually looked up in my screen to check to see if it was recording. It is officially recording. Um, <laughs> but we realized that it wasn't recording. And I think both of our hearts sunk as we shifted from success to failure pretty quickly. And, and I felt both sides of that, you know, I felt, you know, a lot of other, you know, add on thoughts as far as, you know, feeling guilty for not having pushed the button. It was kind of on me. So I felt that kind of failure piece and I was craving to get back the episode. You know, it was just, it was amazing. The real world lesson that I got in all of that, but the exciting thing, you know, is that equanimity did kick in a little bit. I didn't get totally thrown right? You know, I hit the cushion, I meditated a little bit, I went for a walk, you know, got back into my daily life. And then I got really excited because I was like, the reason it was such a good episode was because we were having fun with it. And I knew that we could have fun with it again, like we have in this episode. I mean, so. Absolutely. You know, I think that the biggest thing for me there was the success of all the jokes that I had managed to get in there. And if I was going to remember any of them, any of them. (laughs) I don't write these things down. I just think about them. And then after I say them, they're gone. How, how are those ever going to come back? We don't know. <laughs> Hopefully this, this set of jokes will, will, will suffice. Oh, they've been great. You know, and that's, that's the beauty of it is that, you know, this, this conversation is just as good as the earlier one. And uh, if not better in its own way, because, you know, we kind of had a little bit of a dry run through it all. So, but yeah, I mean, once again, I think it sits on both ends of that spectrum and in the deeper our equanimity begins to develop and, and the other skills around it that work so well is, you know, our understanding of impermanence and concentration and mindfulness. 
the easier it is not to get blown about, the easier it is to kind of to have that stability. And, you know, for me, I look at it and say, Matt, I'm glad that I had some stability to deal with that and some of the other heavy things that, you know, you deal with and that I have to deal with in my own life. But I also realize that I've got a long ways to go. And that's awesome. That's exciting, right? That, that really gets me excited because I'm like, man, I can't wait to continue to develop, to meditate again, to get to the next episode and just enjoy the, the life that I have. It's beautiful. Yeah, and that was just a, a real world experience of, of dealing with that. All right. So pair three, pleasure and pain. Now, I will be honest with you. I'm all about the pleasure and completely avoidant of pain. So (laughs) you can tell me about these things, but this is probably what I have to work on. Yeah, I think that it kind of segues into the fact that, you know, these these two things, these two pieces of the the spectrum, you know, at, at initial you know, view or our initial thoughts are, okay, pleasure, good, pain, bad. And, you know, it's, you know, very black and white, but it's not, you know, pleasure has an aspect of both, right? It's like, oh, when I experience some pleasure, that feels pretty good. But that pleasure, you know, could also pull me into wanting or to seeking or grasping. And and that starts to feel not so good because then when the pleasure is not there, I have this suffering. So there's kind of two sides of the coin to, to pleasure. It's like uh, on the onset, yeah, sure, it feels good. And, you know, there's going to be times to when pleasure is uh, supposed to be there, feels really good. And it's a delicious experience like flow and these kinds of moments that we have. But when it's not there and if we're grasping at it or we're 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 not stabilized in equanimity, it can be a very suffering feeling when it's not there and we want it to be there. Pain can be the same way, right? I mean, initial onset, pain's bad. Okay, well, yeah, pain doesn't feel good. Most of the time it feels unpleasant, but it's there to teach us a lesson. It's there to learn. If my foot didn't hurt when it had a injury, I might keep walking on it and making the injury worse. You know, if my emotions didn't hurt because my, you know, I had some sort of trauma, well, I might not know it's there and keep doing it over and over again. So, so pain can be a great teacher. So if we pay attention to things that hurt, then we can learn from them. If we pay attention to these things that are unpleasant, we can certainly learn from it. So anyways, both of these have two sides to the coin. So we've got like these four different dynamics and probably, you know, the, the closer you pay attention to it, there's probably, you know, it doubles up again and there's four of that. So it's, the nuances are, are, are forever deep um, as you start to dive into them. But it's really cool to pay attention because it begins to develop its own equanimity as you pay more attention to it, right? It begins to have more balance to it. Yeah, and um, you'll be happy to hear that I did some research prior to this episode, and I actually found one um, because I jokingly said, you know, I'm all, all about pain avoidance. Um, I found a really good quote by uh, Buddha regarding pain, um, or I found a really good quote by the Buddha regarding pain, and it is, pain is certain suffering is optional. So I I think that that's, uh, it's very concise, but it it means a lot. You know, you will feel pain throughout your life. It's whether you dwell on it and suffer it as opposed to accepting and acknowledging it. I think that those are, without doing that, you lend yourself more towards suffering. And I don't know if that's a fully formed thought, but that's kind of where I got. I mean, you're, you're right on it. You know, I mean, I think that that's the key is that, you know, we're going to feel pain. 
So the, the sooner that we can feel the pain or the suffering or the craving or anything that's, you know, unpleasant is probably a better way of maybe framing it. You know, when we feel these things that are unpleasant, do we throw a log on them? Do we try to keep them away to where we have to feel them longer or we make them worse? Or do we just say, okay, pain is here. Unpleasantness is here. Let me feel it and then just let it wash through and let it go. And the more that we can begin to do that with that equanimity that allows us to kind of stay balanced through it all, that's when we start to ease the suffering. That's when we start to have insights into what these things are because we're able to be more stable in our thinking. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate you bringing that that quote to uh, to light. All right. Well, that brings us to our fourth and final pair of the eight worldly wins, and that is fame and disrepute. I will be honest with you, I have no fame, and I don't say the word disrepute very often. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that may not be one that uh, us lay people have to deal with quite as much. And, you know, it's once again, it's not about saying that, you know, fame is necessarily bad, because I don't want Brad Pitt to dislike this episode. And, you know, no, he's been such a good I, listener thus I know far. he's listening out there. I know Brad is checking this out and going, man, these guys, I like these guys. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to invite him over as soon as this whole oh. thing is over. <laughs> and then you and I will have to deal with the real world problem of being dealing with fame. It's going to exactly. be a real issue. No. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it, it, it kind of falls right along the side of kind of the, the whole praise aspect. And this is one that I could contemplate more. And I'm sure my understanding of it will grow over time. But, you know, just real simply put, you know, do people think, are you popular? Do people like you? And do people think well of you? This is There's nothing wrong with that per se. What's wrong with it is that when you get caught up in the expectations or needing it. You know, the more you need it and the more you do things to try to attain it, the more you're let down when you don't have it, the more you're let down when it's not there. And it's the same, you know, concept with this disrepute, you know, to where you, you know, start to get a bad reputation or people don't like you or whatever it may be, just being able to weather that storm and saying, it's okay that I've, you know, had experiences in my life and you may have a stigma built around that. That's okay. You know, I can, I can certainly let that go. Yeah. I mean, I think like all these things they are kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. They give you an opportunity to, to contemplate on these things, have your own metric for your own growth. And, and I think that you grow just thinking about contemplating them in an, a real and honest way. You know, we were talking about earlier, um, the idea of how do we, you know, begin to practice this, uh, you know, equanimity piece. And there's a lot of different ways, but one that I think is really interesting is uh, monks up in Japan will take cold showers to begin to calm down their reaction to cold water. So I was thinking maybe in a future episode, you and I could do that. What do you think? You know, we'll go hit one of these waterfalls and go stand under it. And the metric will be who screams the most. So I would um, be the mark to beat in that metric. Uh, I moved I moved south here for a reason, Dad. I don't know. If <laughs> I'm just not a fan of cold anything. <laughs> oh, you know, you talk about, you know, kind of you start to notice your equanimity growing, you know, when a door is able to slam while you're meditating in the other room and it doesn't really rock your boat quite as much. 
or maybe, you know, you hear a child crying or you start to hear these other things and, you know, it's not, you're not quite as reactive because your keel is, you know, you're getting a deeper keel on the boat and you're becoming more stable and steady. So you can see where this concept, I've tried it. I'll be honest. I've tried it in my own shower where I'm taking a warm shower. I start to turn the water down cold and I see how long I can hang out in there, you know, just to see if I can kind of, you know, train that reactivity just a little bit in an embodied like experience. It's kind of fun. So if you listeners think that that would be a fun thing, make sure to write that you want to see, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we can do a YouTube video of this when uh, Brandon and I go try to crawl into some waterfalls and see how cold the of water we can handle. I'm not doing it in the winter though. Not yet. Uh, I'm not ready for you that. Know, you, the more you talk about it, the more I'm, I'm starting to think about it, but We'll have to see if I've grown that much or gone down that far enough down the the path to wellness. Coming episodes, if I manage to do so, I will be sure to give an update. As we've talked about these eight worldly wins, going back to kind of equanimity or respond versus react, it makes me think, you know, how could we ever fully appreciate the good or learn and grow from the bad if we didn't experience both sides of each win? But, you know, I, I don't want, you know, the hard stuff or, or the things on the on the bad side of the spectrum. But how would I learn if I didn't actually experience those aspects of, of life? We can all look back in our lives and see things that maybe we're not proud of or that we look back and say, boy, I wish that hadn't happened or I wish that, you know, hadn't gone that way. There, we all have our regrets. There's no question about that. But if you really look at yourself in the mirror and you say, man, you know what? I'm pretty happy with the person that I am today. And so that, you know, curvy road, that curvy path oftentimes becomes one of the most beautiful paths that creates character and depth and nuance. And so, you know, it's the good and the bad that really, you know, make us who we are. And it really, you know, you need, you need these different experiences. And the bottom line is, they're going to come whether you like it or not. <laughs> There's no way well, to live your life in such a way that you don't get any bad. That's for sure. Absolutely. And and, and and I've been doing a lot of this tying back in, you know, if you think about it, praise, blame, success and failure, pleasure and pain, fame and disrepute, all of those things are inconstant. They, they can all lend to their own stress. They can all be stressful. They can all be subject. They are all subject to change. None of those things are permanent. And it just kind of ties back into that impermanence principle and understanding that that is life. You're, you're speaking to the heart of it right there is that, that that the better you start to understand the truth of what life is and that there's going to be suffering, you know, and you begin to develop these practices you know, that we talk about, you know, from an analogous way of like a cloud or like, like something drifting through your, your, your life. I tend to have like a, a an analogy in my own experience, you know, this, this glass of, of fruit juice or water coming through my existence. And if I'm reaching before it, before it gets there, a lot of times I'm going to turn it over or I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to, you know, trying to grasp at it. And, you know, if I'm sitting there thinking about it, well, then I'm also going to miss what's right there in front of me. So, you know, what we're training ourselves to do is to get really present. Okay, here comes, uh, you know, something good. I'm going to take a sip of that. And then after after it, yeah, you know, I'm going to let it go, just like a cloud drifting through our existence. And the more we can train ourselves to do that, the less suffering that we feel, the more our experience, you know, it, like you said, it wraps all this stuff together. In permanence, everything's in movement. That is true. No question about it. 
we start to develop some equanimity because we become more centered and we're sitting right in the middle of it all. We're not grasping about for it to get here or reaching for it after it's already gone. I use the term shelf life, you know, to me, these things have a shelf life and that's the present moment. As soon as it drifts out of the present moment and we're still reaching for it, most of the time it's spoiled or we're going to spill it or it's already empty and we're trying to fill it up with something that's counterfeit. I mean, I mean, I may be kind of you know, spinning here, but the truth of the matter is, is the more that we can get that centered on that present moment and be right there and say, OK, that's that's pleasant. Cool. Felt really good. Letting it go. That's unpleasant learn something, <laughs> let it go, or it's just a fact of life, the better off we are. And, you know, it takes, it takes time to develop that. No question about it. It takes time. Absolutely. I, I love the instruction, learn something. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that brings us to our leading uh, question of the week. And you mentioned centeredness. Is there anything that you can think of that could help us become more centered today? <laughs> yes, uh, we could we could meditate, and you know we're gonna we're gonna bring a meditation today called the body scan. And body scan is a, once again kind of like a you know a, a loving kindness is a very core part of our insight meditations, and you know this resting awareness piece. You know the 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 breath awareness is very key. Body scan is a really core basic meditation that you can do time and time again. And it helps to train into this whole body mode, you know, to where we start to feel the sensations of our body, whether it's an ache or an itch or cold or hot or, you know, an ache, tension. And we really pay attention to that. And it allows us to, a couple of things happen. One, we start to calibrate our ability to feel that. So now if we're dealing with craving or we're dealing with some sort of aspect right there, we can feel it in our embodied existence. And we're saying, oh man, I could really feel that more, right? And I mean, when you first start, you maybe don't feel that quite as clearly, but you start to calibrate that. Um, and we do in all of our meditations, you know, some of the early grounding part that we do when we're paying attention to our feet is, is a body scan. We're just going to be more specific about it in this particular uh, meditation but it calibrates our system for being able to use rain and pay attention to these sensations. And two, you start to develop some equanimity here too, because when you come across something in, you know, say it's a little bit of an ache in your body. Well, the first time you feel an ache, you're like, Oh, go away. I want to fix it. I need to go to the doctor. I need to call somebody. Something needs to happen. You know I mean? You're trying to change it. When you start to develop a little bit of equanimity, our goal here is just to be present with it. And just say, okay, I can feel that. There's a little tension. There's a, you know, okay, hmm, I can, I can be with that. And you start to steady and you start to become more stable. So I think that uh, it's one of those, you know, basic core meditations that we'll come back to time and time again, and we'll start to add different levels to it. But I think it works with all of these pieces. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. I would like to just throw out my joking but semi-serious disclaimer. If you are currently, while listening to this part of the podcast, flying, driving, operating heavy equipment, uh, go ahead and hit pause and come back to this segment uh, later if you'd like to actually practice meditation with us, as that is not a safe thing to do um, while doing this. Good point. I like that. That's a good disclaimer. You know, if you're just, if you're not prepared for meditation, just press, press pause. 
It's pretty uh, easy. That's that's too nice. That's, that's <laughs> much more concise and better way to put it. <laughs> well, we got both sides. These are these are the eight wins of Brandon and Dan. <laughs> I should be careful. Some people might take that the wrong way, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah. Let's 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 go for it, man. Let's uh, let's let's sit together. All right. So if you found yourself a safe place, a comfortable spot to uh, begin this meditation, we invite you to join us as we sit together um, and practice a body scan meditation today. When you're ready, begin to close your eyes, maybe begin to take a few slow, deep breaths, and prepare your mind for the sound of the bell. As you begin to breathe in slow and deep, exhaling and letting the air back out, feel yourself begin to relax. It's also helpful to go ahead and start to pay attention to the feeling of your body breathing. How does it feel to breathe deeply, smoothly? Now for today's meditation, you can find yourself a very relaxed position. You can be lying down or sitting comfortably in a chair. Let's begin to bring some attention to our body breathing for a moment. Paying attention in the nostrils or the abdomen, the chest. Or you could even just feel your whole body breathing as we just bring some concentration to our body breathing. You should begin to gather your attention on this sensation Slowly letting go of any thoughts or emotions or anything that doesn't belong. And if you spin out into thought or fantasy, just remember that's okay. It's perfectly normal that our brains will start to think, go through a mental checklist, spin out into a fantasy, review and regret. Perfectly okay. When you wake up, they say, is the magic moment. When you wake up, oh, my brain is thinking. Just relax, simply let go, and return to wherever we are together in the meditation. Right now, we're just simply paying attention to our body breathing. Breathing in. Breathing out. It can be helpful to add that soft mental note, breathing in. Breathing out. Paying attention to the flow of sensations as our body begins to breathe, picks up energy, our lungs fill with air, sense that little pause in between the in-breath and the out-breath, and then begin the momentum of the exhalation, picking up speed, breathing out, and then a pause. It starts over. Just one breath. As we begin the body scan portion of our meditation today, some often will find it helpful to think of your attention like a spotlight. As we pay attention to different areas of our body, you can imagine a spotlight 
warming these areas, just bringing some attention. The goal is to have a sense of the body parts that we're paying attention to, but also to really feel them as we get curious about the sensations that we may find. So let's bring our attention to our left foot. Specifically, let's start with our toes. Maybe our big toe. Can you feel your big toe? And then working your way over each toe to your pinky toe. Just paying attention to anything at all. Maybe the pressure of where the toe makes contact with the floor. Could be temperature. You might feel a little tingle. You might feel the toe as it comes in contact with its neighbor. Just paying attention to any sensation at all that you might feel in the toes of your left foot. Now, oftentimes you might not feel anything at all. You might not get much sensation, and this is okay. Once again, this is mindfulness practice, not mindfulness perfect. If you find yourself beginning to effort with your eyes kind of clenched down, seeking, trying to feel, just back off a little bit and relax. Should be a very effortless quality to the attention that you're bringing. Be curious and childlike, wide-eyed with wonder. Toes, I have toes down there. I could feel the toes. Wow. We allow that attention to drift into the top of our left foot. So again, just paying attention to anything at all. A little tingle, a little tension, temperature. Bring our attention down into the bottom of our left foot. Maybe you might feel where the heel, your balls of your feet make contact with the floor. Any kind of pressure down there, tension in the arch of your foot. And once again, just a gentle reminder from time to time, your brain may wander off into thought, spin off into a fantasy checklist of to-do lists. Your internal narrator yapping away, this is silly, I can't feel anything. This is feels weird. Who is this guy? No problem at all. Just relax. You wake up to that moment that your brain has wandered off. Make a soft mental note, thinking. My brain has wandered off into thinking. And then as best you can, just begin again. Returning your attention to feeling their body, paying attention to what's going on in your left foot. We'll bring the attention into our left ankle. Just feeling anything that you might feel. Vibration, pulse, temperature, little ache. Now remember, the goal here is to simply just be present with it. We're not trying to change anything. We're not trying to adjust the sensations. We're just merely being present with them. We'll allow our attention to drift into our left calf and shin. Seeing if you can feel any sensations there. Maybe where your skin makes contact with your clothing. 
So again, temperature, a little twitch and itch and ache. And if something pops up, just relax. Allow yourself to get really curious. Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe you can get a little closer to the sensation. We'll allow our attention to drift into our left knee. Just paying attention to your knee. We'll bring our attention into our left thigh and hamstring. Oftentimes you may notice your hand resting on your thigh, or you may feel where your thigh makes contact or your hamstring makes contact with the chair or cushion. Now let's bring our attention down to our right foot. So again, we'll start with our toes. See what you can feel in your toes down there in your right foot. Can you work your way from your big toe over to your pinky toe? Just checking in with each toe as you work your way over. It's perfectly okay if you don't really have a feel or a sense for each individual toe. There's nothing to get worried about. We're just getting curious to see what we can feel. We're just practicing to begin to cultivate our ability and calibrate the system to be able to feel more. We'll bring our attention into the top of our right foot. Maybe into the bottom of our right foot. Times the pressure points of where our foot makes contact with the floor or shoe become really clear or apparent. Just get curious about that. Feel your foot on the ground. To feel like the pressure is stronger on the left side or the right side, front or the back. Once again, it's not trying to change anything, just simply letting it be and enjoying the opportunity to pay attention. Concentrating and gathering our attention and mindfully, without judgment, without commentary, just simply feeling it. Bring our attention into our right ankle. Maybe some vibration or slight itch little tension, twitch, pulse, allowing the spotlight to drift into your right calf and shin. Feel any temperature, maybe the wind blowing, your clothes touching your skin, just anything at all. This is your experience. Bring your attention into our right knee, just feeling that knee, noticing it. Allowing our attention to drift into our right thigh, our right hamstring. See if you can feel your hand resting there or maybe where your leg makes contact with your cushion or chair. Now we'll bring our attention into our sit bones where our body makes contact with our cushion or the ground, seat, feeling that pressure point. We'll bring some attention into our spine. Just paying attention from the lower part where it makes contact with our hips. See if you can't just slowly move the spotlight, just in slow motion as it goes up your spine, just feeling around in your back, feeling each vertebrae and rib on your backside. Just feeling as best you can for any sensations. Any pressure points, itch, 
tensions. Allow that to drift up into our upper shoulders where our spine makes contact with the base of our neck. Let's bring our attention into our abdomen. Maybe you can notice the movement as your body's breathing and be as it rises and falls. Feel your skin as it moves and stretches against your clothing. See if you can't go deeper beneath the skin. Can you feel your organs? You get a sense for your stomach or your abdomen organs in there. Now allow that that attention to just slowly drift into your rib cage. Have you feel it expand as you breathe in, contract a little. See if once again you can't go beneath the surface a little bit. Can you feel your lungs as they fill with air, allowing our spotlight to drift into our upper chest? Maybe you can feel the movement once again as you breathe in and your chest expands. Maybe you can even feel your heart beating. Let's bring our attention into our left shoulder, where it makes contact with our base of our neck, all the way out to the shoulder cap on our left side. Oftentimes, this is an area that carries tension. So just pay attention. How does that feel? Is it pleasant or unpleasant? What happens when you pay attention to the tension that may be there? Does it get stronger or does it relax? Allow our attention to drift over our shoulder into our left upper arm. Just paying attention for a moment to the bicep and the tricep area. Just feeling around for anything at all that you might notice. Drifting down into your left elbow. Wrapping around into your left forearm. Let's bring some attention to our left hand. Start with, maybe we'll... Pay attention to each individual finger. Start with the pinky on your left hand. See what you can feel. Maybe you're touching something. Maybe there's an itch. Maybe it's just a sense of the pinky. Moving towards the thumb on your left ring finger, the middle finger, index finger, thumb. Now bringing some attention to the palm of your left hand. Does it feel tight, loose, warm, cold, moist, dry? See if you can't pay attention to the entire hand. Does it feel any different when you think, pay attention to the sensations in your entire left hand? Let's bring our attention up to our right shoulder from the base of our neck out to the shoulder cap on our right side. So again, this is often an area to where we might notice some tension, some strain, tend to carry our stress in our shoulders. As you pay attention to this area, notice what that feels like. Is it pleasant or unpleasant? Does it change as you bring it into your focus, as you start to really pay attention to that shoulder? Hmm. So again, bringing that wide-eyed curiosity, the wonder of a child, 
as if paying attention to the shoulder for the first time. Hmm. Shoulder. We'll allow our attention to drift into our over our right shoulder, down into the right bicep and tricep, upper arm area. It's feeling for any tension or soreness, tingle, pleasant or unpleasant, any sensation at all. Bringing our attention into our right elbow, we wrap around into our right forearm. Now we'll bring our attention down to our right hand. We'll start with the fingers once again. This time, let's start with our thumb. The thumb on our right hand. Just bringing it into the at- your attention. Just an effortless concentration. A sense of the thumb. But more, what can you feel? Is there a tingle or a tightness? You feel a pulse, itch, pleasant or unpleasant. Moving into your right index finger. Drift into our right middle finger. Working our way to the ring finger on our right hand. Finishing off with the pinky. As we bring our full hand into the realm of our attention. Does your hand feel any different when you're paying attention to the entire hand? Is the temperature even? Or is one finger colder or warmer than the other? Hmm, hands. Let's bring our attention into the base of our skull, the base of our head, just feeling our neck right there. It rises off of our shoulders. If you feel any tension, oftentimes we'll carry some tension in our, in our necks there. If you feel any, Maybe get curious about it for a second. Do you feel it on one side or the other? Is it stronger on the left or the right? Hmm. Allowing our attention to drift into the back of our head. As the spotlight just kind of slowly wraps around off the back into the top of our head, just feeling our top of our skull. See if you can feel the hair on your head the temperature, or strain, or a twitch, just anything at all. Allowing the spotlight to wrap around into your forehead. If you can feel any movement or muscles in your forehead, any tension, or softness, temperature. Allowing your attention to drift into your eyes, all the little muscles around your eyes. And your eyebrows and eyelids, your eyeballs, feel any twitching or movement, temperature, moisture, or dryness. Bring some attention to your nose. I feel the air as it moves in and goes out. You see if you can sense the temperature. Is it cooler when it comes in and warmer when it goes out? We'll bring some attention to our mouth. So again, just temperature, moisture, dryness. Try to feel our teeth. See if you can feel your teeth. Bring some attention to your tongue. How does your tongue feel? 
Is it warm, cool, moist or dry? And we'll bring some attention into our jaw. So again, we can carry tension in our jaw from time. Is it relaxed or clenched? Feel any tension where your jaw hinges? Now I invite you to relax your attention to try to bring your whole body into awareness. If you can't just get a sense for your entire body, allowing your spotlight to kind of just pull back and encompass all of your sensations right now. How does your entire body feel? Does it feel relaxed? Are there places of tension? Does it feel warm or cold? At peace or restless? So again, this is your journey, your path. No right or wrong answer. And this is practice. Now with your whole body in mind, see if you can't pay attention again to your body breathing. You bring that into awareness and you get a sense for your body breathing. Go one step further. See if you can't feel your body breathing. A flow of sensation with the breath starts to come in, builds up momentum, pauses, turns into an out-breath. You begin your exhalation, pauses again, and starts over. Now, as we wind this meditation down and we come to a close with this formal body scan meditation, I invite you to relax your attention, Maybe begin to introduce some movement, wiggling your fingers and your toes. As we seek to bridge back to our daily lives, just take a sense of things. See what you can bring with you. As you begin to prepare your mind for the sound of the bell, I thank you guys for the opportunity to sit together. I want to take a second to thank you for your practice. Thank you for endeavoring to grow your mindfulness practice. One of the things that I think is very important is that if you can continue to practice on a daily basis, you'll see results. But it's important to enjoy these formal practices, but also to bring them into your daily life and enjoy some informal practice as well. As you're walking around, maybe you begin to feel your foot as it makes contact with the ground. As you're washing your hands, maybe you pay a little closer attention to the sensations of what the water feels like. Is it warm? And what the soap feels like as you rub your hands together. There's so many ways that you can bring this practice into your life and it will begin to develop and bear fruit. Yeah, and I will say that um, with the body scan practice in general, it's one of the ones that I almost can see charted on a graph as I become more adept at being able to fully kind of feel everything that's going on in my body. You know, each, it seems like almost almost every time, maybe not every time, but almost every time, I'm like, oh, I don't remember feeling that before. And so you can kind of just chart you know, progress as you go up and it, it may not be a straight linear line, but it's, I haven't really ever felt like I've lost anything, but I feel like I at least stay the same, if not gain like another 
little feeling that I've never felt before. That's amazing. You're right. It's a great way to see your practice develop or feel your practice develop. And and you get a sense for that. And that's exciting. And that, you know, kind of, you know, propels you forward in your practice and say, man, I want to do more of that. That is the bigger, better offer. I don't want to be stuck in craving. I don't want to be blown about by the winds of life. I want to find peace and I want to find some stability. And that's, you know, I think a beautiful thing. Another aspect of the body scan that, you know, I always find pretty remarkable is that, I mean, well, I'll ask you, how are you feeling right now? I mean, I am feeling incredibly relaxed. I feel like, you know, as you kind of focus on each body part, it relaxes on its own. Even, you know, you, I never really quote unquote, try to relax it. But and I don't even know if I truly notice it unless I'm, it's a, a spot that's really tight or, you know, full of stress. I don't know if I notice it relaxing in the moment, but after, every time after I come out of it, I'm just like, whew, I feel like yeah. I practically gave myself a massage. It's right. It's just remarkable. It's amazing. And I think it highlights that point we were talking about earlier is that, you know, when you can begin to kind of pay attention, you recognize that the body will take care of itself. And if you're not throwing logs on the fire, creating more anxiety and creating more stress, and you just pay attention, it naturally says, oh, thanks for bringing this to our attention. And it relaxes itself. I think that the more you, I certainly have been able to feel it lessen. I've, I've felt it like, you know, when we went in, in this meditation and I started on the right hand side of my, uh, my shoulder area, I could really clearly notice that my left hand side was much more relaxed than my right. And I was like, yep, there was, I was paying attention to it and it relaxed it. And, and, uh, and then the right hand, uh, uh, area kind of relaxed itself, but without telling it to relax, it just kind of naturally wants to take care of itself. So I think that's a beautiful piece of the body scan you know, as well as developing concentration, developing and calibrating the system to be able to feel, but it really does relax you. It's a great exercise to do as you're drifting off to sleep. Makes sense to me. And I mean, it seems like it would, you know, kind of set you up for sleep if you're doing it while laying down. I don't, I don't think I've ever done it laying down because I've, I feel like I'd be afraid I might fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and I think that it's probably good to do both, right? It's probably good to do some to where you're alert and you can actually be present for the whole experience. But if you start paying attention and doing a body scan as you're falling asleep and you fall asleep by the time you get to your right shoulder, it's okay. It's still good practice. (laughs) (laughs) And you probably will get a great night's sleep. So Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, like I said, this has been a great episode. I'm really excited to uh, uh, continue this journey. So I'll, you know, kick it back to you, buddy. Where, where should yeah. we go from here? Um, well, I mean, I just want to thank um, everybody that's been on uh, this journey with us, whether this is your first, second, fourth episode that you've uh, downloaded and listened to. We appreciate you. And I am going to, even before we get to, you know, where can you find us, just bring that call to action out one more time. You know, if you have any questions, whether they come from this episode or previous episode, or just a, a question that you've come across in mindfulness in general, shoot us an email. That is pathtowellnessatl at gmail.com. Or you can certainly reach out via social media if that's easier for you too, right? I mean, you can get, you can catch us on Facebook at Path to Wellness uh, Facebook page or group. 
right? We've got an Instagram page to where we're we're trying to get uh, better about posting some pictures and some things about our episodes, and that's uh, Path to Wellness ATL. You can join us on Twitter, which we haven't done a lot of tweeting just yet, but we'll we'll work on that at uh, Path to Well dot ATL or Path to Well ATL, or like you said shoot us an email. You know, I mean, those who've reached out, we're really stoked to connect with you. And, you know, we just want to encourage you that if you want to uh, jump in, we'd love to continue to interact and grow this thing and, and get your ideas, get your insights and get your questions um, so that we can expand our collective lens like we set out to do from the very beginning. Absolutely. And, and also as part of that, we do ask that uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast it really does help um, get additional listeners to um, join our lens. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, I think I've said this before, but you know, you don't have to do anything but a five-star review on there. You know, if you don't (laughs) like the episodes, just don't listen or shoot us an email and tell us you don't like it, but you don't have to put like negative reviews on there if you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, with, with that, I think that, that this episode's a wrap, so we'll sign off. We'll catch you next week. As always, remember, this is your path to wellness. Experiences may vary, and this is about the journey. Not the destination. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks for listening. What was it? Ho! Was it? Yay! 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 I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Let's go surfing. Let's go hiking. I don't know. We don't need the surfboards. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Let's go. Let's go.